Good morning, Boker Tov. Great to be back together again for another installment of our Emuna support group. Wednesday mornings, living with Emuna. How we can uh, find Hashem in our lives, feel His love, feel His guiding hand on our shoulder, live with a sense of calm and confidence. Good morning, Boker Tov. The peace and tranquility that we all crave to know that everything that happens to us and for us in our lives is not coincidence or chance, but is by design and is especially choreographed and curated for us. What a life of joy and happiness we can have, no matter what challenges we face, if we know that we are not subject to chance and randomness. So thanks, thank you for coming back for another installment of Living with Emun. I want to thank our generous sponsors for the year, Drs. Avi and Bella Morgan, we're truly grateful to you, who've sponsored in loving memory of Rabbi Dr. Brian Gabbett, Zichrona Levracha, an extraordinary, extraordinary person who continues to inspire us each and every day when we think about the level of Amuna in which he lived his life and in which he left this world. And I also want to thank Dana Golani, who is sponsoring today in commemoration of the Yerzeit of her beloved husband, Baruch ben Eliezer, the 21st of ER. Uh, Brad Golani, Dana, we knew your husband well. He was a very good man, kind man, a man of great emuna as well. And so our learning should be Le'iloi Nishma. So we continue on our trek and journey through this beautiful essay by Rav Itamar Schwartz, the author of the Belvavi Mishkan Evna. And he's been teaching us and providing us with the tools for how to live that life of serenity, calm, and confidence that we all crave. Who wants to be frazzled? Who wants to be battling? Who wants to be anxious and worried? We all want to know that calm. And the way to do it, he says, is bitachon. The word bitachon comes from the word betach, confidence, surety, having knowledge, walking into a situation and knowing that the odds are stacked in your favor, that everything has been set up for you to be successful. If you walk in like Shimon and Levi did to Shechem, knowing that they had compromised the other side, and though even though on the surface it looked like they were about to enter a battle, beneath the surface their advantage was so strong they already knew the outcome. And we too, on the surface externally, we look like we're battling. From the moment we wake up in the morning, getting out of bed, are we going to eat the right food? Will we interact the right way? Will our spouse and children behave or respond in the way we hope they will? Will the world conform to our view and our vision for it? We wake up and we think externally and superficially that we're battling, but really, beneath that battle, the odds have been stacked in our favor. We already know the outcome before we begin. How can we know the outcome before we begin? In what way are the odds stacked in our favor even before we start? Because we have a Kaddish Baruch the Almighty, in our corner. He is orchestrating... He is choreographing and curating everything that happens, and therefore we can live with a common confidence. The part that's up to us, we have to have drive, ambition, aspiration. The part that's up to us, we have to work like it's all up to us, but then we have to pray and trust, knowing in truth it's really all up to Him. So we have the external selves and the external lives we're living, which are really characterized by confrontation, tension, and battle from the moment we wake up until the moment we fall asleep. And then we have the internal sense of self, the Tzalem Elohim, the godly, the best version of us looks at our lives and knows that after I've done everything I can, after I take the initiative I'm meant to take, then beyond that, it's entirely up to Him and therefore I have nothing to worry about. And therefore I'm calm and therefore things will be the way they are meant to be. We all go through this and we all are meant to experience this one day a week. One day a week, we practice. One day a week we rehearse. One day a week we live this best version of ourselves so that we can come back and the other six days a week continue to draw from it. Which day a week is that? That's right, Shabbos. The Halig a beautiful Shabbos, the holiness of Shabbos, the greatness of Shabbos. I've always loved Shabbos. The last couple of years I've been learning particular uh, texts and have 
pursued pers- uh, specific uh, experiences and incorporated new practices, that Shabbos has taken on an even greater meaning for me. And I thought I began to experience really Shabbos, and then two months ago, I really encountered Shabbos because I finally started being a Shomer Shabbos. Two months ago, the world forced me to not work on Shabbos. I finally started to keep Shabbos two months ago, and I no longer work on Shabbos. And I'm not sure what Shabbos will look like when this is over, if I'm going back to work. Big Gedalia Gumba, I'm not sure I'm going to work on Saturday. We'll see. But Shabbos, why is Shabbos so beautiful and so halogen, so amazing? The sun sets Friday afternoon, and you know what sets with it? Our problems, our challenges, our anxiety, our worries. We have this place of refuge, a sanctuary in time, just like the Mikdash or the Mishkan with a sanctuary in space. Shabbos is that place of refuge, that sanctuary in time. It's the place that we go to to re-energize and rejuvenate and recharge. It's a safe space that we go to where there's no to-do lists and tasks, there's no criticism, and there's no confrontation. It's the place that we go to to just be. Now we know that after Havdalah, we light a candle to start Shabbos, it brings in peace. And we light a candle to end Shabbos and transition us back to the week. And we know that when Shabbos ends, all the things that we've put up on that shelf they're going to be coming back down. The doctor's appointments and the traffic lights and the challenging relationships and the bills that need to be paid and the laundry that needs to be done and the to-do list, it's all going to be there. But 25 hours, we get a snow day. You know what a snow day is? The snow day, it's interesting, one of my children pointed out on Shabbos this past week, I wonder whether there'll ever be a snow day again up north. A hurricane day down south. Why? Because now that the world has learned that it can live over Zoom, when campuses and spaces are closed, will there ever be a snow day again? I hate to deflate any young people who are watching or teachers who are watching. Maybe they still will have. But now that we've learned that we can live off of our campuses and we can learn live at a distance, will there ever be? But what was the greatness when I was growing up in Teaneck, New Jersey? What was the greatness of a snow day? The greatness of a snow day is that no matter how much is on your plate and no matter how much you have and are meant to do, you can guilt-free let go. There's nothing you can do. It's a snow day. You can't go to the store. You can't get chores. You can't go to work. You can't do your shopping. You can't go out. It is a guilt-free day off. That's what a snow day was. That's what Shabbos is once a week. Guilt-free, guilt-free day off. No matter how much you have to do or meant to do, feel you need to do, not on Shabbos. No matter how much is lacking or missing in your life, not on Shabbos. If you're prepared for Shabbos and you have food to eat and you have your health, then for that 25 hours, you have it all. So writes Rav Schwartz, and I'm reading to you, I'm sorry you don't have the sources in front of you. When it comes to menucha, the word that is most synonymous with Shabbos is menucha, rest, calm, peace. We have two types. I have a menucha because once I've calibrated my compass and I've come back on Shabbos to the best of myself, I've restored and renewed my confidence that even after Shabbos, Hashem is with me. That just like on Shabbos I feel complete and whole and I have what I need, I can carry that with me into the week. So one level of menucha, the rest on Shabbos is, I'm not so worried and I'm not so fearful and I'm not so afraid and I'm not so overwhelmed. Why? Because just like I'm spending these 25 hours feeling whole and complete and happy, I know I can feel that as after as well. Menucha mitoch tvisa shekvar achsha b'Shabbos yeshli kol. 
כך גם לעניין הגדרת בעל חובס על הלבבה של מהוס הביטחון עם מנוחס נפש הבוטח. קיים אז אוסון שני סוגי מנוחס. מנוחה מחמא שעד הבוטח שכל חסרונות אביו שלמו, כל צרוך אביו סופקו וכל רצונות אביו סלמו לו. אין ביטחון מחמא שעד המטופה שכבר עכשיו יש לו קול, הוא שלם מכל חסרון צורך או רצון. So just like on Shabbos, my calm, my serenity, my peace comes from two things. Number one, the peace I feel now. the guilt-free day off I have now, and number two, the same way that I'm able to breathe, I can exhale, I can release the muscles and the tension, I can enjoy and live and be in the moment. There's nothing beeping or buzzing or vibrating or ringing or bouncing, there's nothing alerting or informing, there's no news to check, there's no data to follow, just like on Shabbos, I can exhale. And I can relax my muscles and I can be present in the moment for endless meals of games and laughter and zmiros and divrei Torah and stories and provocative conversation, thought-provoking conversation, that it doesn't just have to be that way on Shabbos. I can carry that into my week as well. So he says, similarly, the Chovos HaLavavos, Rabbeinu Bach is telling us, that's what Bitachon is. Remember, we said this last week. What is the litmus test? What is the metric or measure to determine whether you are a Baal or Baalaz Bitachon? How do you know whether the faith is only lip service? Is the faith you're living with skin deep? Or is the faith you're living with authentic? Is it real? Is it true? How do you know? The answer is, do you have serenity, calm, and peace? If you get flustered and flabbergasted, if you lose your cool and your patience, if you're living with envy and with jealousy, if you're living with worry and with anxiety, not the clinical time type that needs to be diagnosed and treated, but the general Jewish type, if you're living with those things, then you have to ask yourself, where is my faith and how is my bitachon? But if you're able to live with calm and serenity and you're able to receive and you're able to react, no matter what life throws you away and say, this is what is meant to be. I'm not looking through my glasses and my lens of the external battle and tension. I'm looking through my best self, my internal self, and I'm saying, this is what's meant to be. I had a toothache. Did I mention it last week? I had a toothache last week, and it turns out I need root canal. Okay, it's not the worst thing in the world. Today they could do it, and apparently, I'll, you know, later today, in a relatively pain-free quick way. So I had an appointment with the specialist who was going to do my root canal, and I went on Friday, and he seems like a wonderful doctor, a really, a really special man. But I waited a long time, because that's what happens, particularly in the quarantine era, where you have to space people out, and you wear your masks and all that stuff. And then he looked at me, and it turns out that there was a mix-up. He thought that I was scheduled for a consult, whereas I thought I was finally getting that root canal last week. So after having waited a long time, And admittedly, the anxiety of the day of the buildup of the appointment and will it hurt and will I recover from it? What will my Shabbos look like? It turns out I didn't have it. I'm going in for it later today. Please, God. Why am I telling you this? Because in that moment when I heard that, consult, not the real thing, my whole day, what's going to be? Now I got to do it again. My first reaction was to tense up, to be frustrated, to be angry, maybe even to lash out at where this miscommunication came from. And I said, what are you doing, Goldberg? You teach Amuna every Wednesday morning, 8.45. What's the point of teaching all of it if you're not going to incorporate it and live it? So I took a deep breath, and I'm just sharing with you that I'm, I'm not only the president, I'm also a client. I'm not only the one teaching it, I'm also trying to practice it. We're all working on it together. I took a deep breath, and I said, you know, If Hashem wanted me to have the root canal Friday, it would have happened Friday. And the fact that there was a miscommunication and it didn't happen Friday, it's because I wasn't meant to have it on Friday. Maybe it would have ruined my Shabbos. Maybe the doctor would have been rushed. Maybe something would have gone wrong. Who knows? Who knows? So almost every day, 
almost every day by the beginning of our day. We have been challenged or we are confronting some news, some information, some experience, some opposing force or energy, which is trying to throw us off our game, trying to make us lose our cool, trying to cause us to grow impatient or to act out or to rage, trying to cause us to overreact, trying to cause us to sabotage the relationships, our mental health, our physical health. Don't do it. We can have bitachon. Rabbeinu Bachi says that metric, that measure is not when life is calm and wonderful, not when you heard you won the lottery or you heard that you're healthy or you heard that. That's not when the test of bitachon comes. The test of bitachon, the measure, the metric is when things are not going your way, can you maintain your calm and cool? Can you live Shabbos even during the weekday? Can you realize that it's all from above? It's all orchestrated. It's all by design. It's all the way it's meant to be. And why would I therefore ever get flustered or flabbergasted? If it's the choice between me or God, have the root canal in a suboptimal time and, and way, or have the root canal the way it was meant to happen, that'll be for your best. Who would ever insist on their way over the best way? So if we realize that Hashem always has the best way in store for us, and our way may, may feel like, from our finite perspective, the best way is not necessarily the best way. So who would ever want to enforce, who would ever want to uh, supersede what is the best way with our suboptimal way? And if we have that perspective and mentality as we live our lives, then no matter what God throws our way, something, something so insignificant as a root canal, which in the scheme of things is insignificant, or even something much more challenging and more meaningful, if we realize it all comes from Hashem, we can have Shabbos all week long. In fact, that's what the Zohar says, Chazal say that Chachamim, righteous people, they live B'Bechina Shabbos the whole week. What does that mean? They don't do the Lama Tes Malachas, the 39 categories of creative labor. They don't carry all week long. No. It means the serenity, the peace of mind, the living in the moment, the mindfulness, all of the calm, all the things that we, Shabbos, helps and enables us to feel on Shabbos, the truly righteous are able to create and feel for themselves the entire week long. And that is our aspiration. That's what we're trying to achieve. You have to say, you know what, here's my mentality. And here's the assumption I'm going to work off of. I'm only going to get from God the things that I'm meant to have, the things that are best for me, the things that will be good for me. So if I have it, I should celebrate it because it means it's what's best for me. And if I'm denied it or deprived it, then I shouldn't bemoan it and I shouldn't protest it because it means it wasn't best for me. So as he taught us previously, Rav Schwartz is saying that bitachon, a life of faith, is not just a moment. It's not just a choice or an attitude in the moment. It's not even a character trait or a muscle. But a life of bitachon is entering a lifestyle. It is living a lifestyle with a perspective. You know what a life of bitachon is? It's like the difference between putting on glasses, corrective lenses. So for example, I've become an old man. I need a root canal. I wear glasses. I've become an altakakar, I'm in that category. So uh, now I need to put on glasses to see the tough fine print. I can't see. One day, all of a sudden, I found myself going like this, and I looked like I didn't want to look like, and I realized I could either pretend it's not true or get a pair of glasses. So now i got to put on glasses to read. So generally, I can see, and when I want to read, I put on the glasses. Or you can go get LASIK surgery. I'm not saying for your reading purposes, but generally speaking, you can get LASIK surgery. It can not only put on corrective lenses, you can literally correct the lenses. 
So, similarly with Amuna, I can view Amuna as a pair of glasses, that generally I live without it. Generally, I confront the day and think that I can conquer it. Generally, I take credit. Generally, I feel independent. And when I need God, when I really need Him, I put on those glasses and I express a little bit of bitachon. Or you can have LASIK surgery and you can change your very lifestyle, your very living habit, your very perspective, where it's not a pair of glasses I take off and on, bitachon, faith, but rather it's LASIK. I now can only see in this corrected way that wherever I go and whatever I do, all I see is Hashem everywhere. Whether it's the bad news on root canal, whether it's a challenging confrontation with someone in my life, whether it's a disappointment, whether it's a joy and success and great news, whichever direction, whatever it is, I live my life, that, it all is from above. I see Him everywhere. Not I see Him nowhere, not I see Him sometimes, but I see Him everywhere and I can't see any other way because I've had LASIK surgery. It is the only way that I see. Those are our choices. Here's the metaphor I thought of this morning. I don't know if it works for you or if it's good, but here's what I thought of this morning. You know, sometimes we struggle with our eating habits and we're, only, we're trying to, to eat healthy food and not eat the wrong foods and you don't know how many carbs are in the sauce, how many carbs are in the side dish, how much uh, what, is this good for me, calories, bad for me, what's going on? But what if you hired a cook, a chef, a nutritionist who put that plate in front of you? So you don't even know what's in it, but you don't have to look at it and say, can I take this? Can I not have that? How much portion can I have? What's the scoop of it? How much of the, of the pie of my plate can it take up? How much volume can I eat of it? What if you had a nutritionist? What if you had a chef who knew what was best for you to eat? And by definition, when they put that plate in front of you for each meal, you knew you could have the whole thing and you didn't have to think about it and you didn't have to worry about it and you didn't have to second guess it because you knew that if it was given to you, it's good for you to eat. I think they have programs like that where you can pay and they leave meals at your door and they deliver them daily and it's exactly what you're meant to eat and the portion that you're meant to eat and so on, probably best for the company who's selling it, their pockets, I'm not sure the rest of it. But that was the metaphor that I thought of. You could live life where you're trying to cook and you're trying to prepare and you don't know how much you could eat and what's good for you and what's bad for you and at what proportion and what ratio and at what volume. Or you could say Hashem is the chef. Hashem is the nutritionist. I'm subscribing to Hashem's program where He leaves me my mun at the door and whatever He gives me that day is what's best for me so I can eat it and enjoy. It's the difference between eating with guilt it's the difference between not knowing if it's good for you. It's the difference between eating with worry or it's the difference between dive in, enjoy, eat, know this is the portion meant for you and this is the, these are the ingredients that are meant for you. So good metaphor, bad metaphor, I don't know. But I think those are the two choices of how we live life. We can either experiment and try to figure it out on our own and not know what's good or right for us or you could live life that Kaddish Baruch whatever you throw my way and whatever happens, I believe and I trust that it is the measure for me, and it is what is meant for me. It is what is best for me. Okay, got to put the old man glasses back on and continue. You see, if you live life where you don't assume that God is delivering the amount and the quantity and the type and that whatever happens is what's meant and it's what's best. Instead, what happens? Then you crave and then you desire and then you have an appetite and then you wonder and then you doubt and then you want and then you say, well, I want that. Where is it? Why don't I have it? And this isn't what I wanted. Why do I have to have this? Not the one that I wanted. And then you live this life of conflict and confrontation. You live this life of tension and anxiety. You live this life of worry and disappointment. But if instead you say, everything that happens I'm meant to have 
And the thing that I want that I don't have, it's because it's not what's right for me. And what I have, even if it's not what I wanted, the version I wanted, that is what is best for me. If you all of a sudden have that Lasek surgery of life, and you look at life and say, Kaddish Baruch is providing whatever it is, after I've put in my effort, whatever it is, it is what is meant. Calm, peace, happiness. You're going to be humble. You're not going to be envious and jealous. You're not going to get angry. You're going to say the root canal wasn't Friday. It's supposed to be Wednesday. I'm not going to fly off the handle. I'm not going to lose my cool. I'm not going... By the way, again, the first instinct is your muscles tense up and you start breathing shallow and you're planning how you're going to rip the secretary and the dentist and the person who referred you and who, the whole world, who messed up this communication and wasted my time and... No. Release the muscles. Take a deep breath. Look up and say, Kadesh Baruch Hu. For a moment I forgot, but I'm going to remind myself you run the world. This is your design. I wasn't meant to have Root Canal Friday. I meant to have it Wednesday. I don't know. And here's the hard part. I'll never know because I don't get that crystal ball. And I don't get to ever find out what would have happened and what would have gone wrong and why wasn't it optimal for me to happen Friday. We don't get to find that out. So what do we need to do instead? We need to just live our lives with the confidence and the calm that what does happen is what's right and not look back after that. Now we can learn from it. Where was the miscommunication? What went wrong? I want to make sure to correct that. Try to avoid it happening next time. We can hold people accountable. Nothing wrong if it costs us time, money. There's nothing wrong with accountability in Torah, in Judaism, in Halacha. But in terms of our own personal character and reaction, in terms of our own midos, we need to be careful with how we, with how we react. The Baal Bitochon, the person who had LASIK surgery, who lives life and sees Hashem everywhere, who interprets and incorporates everything that happens as coming from Hashem, there's no conflict, there's no opposing force, there's nothing to overcome. There's nothing missing, there's enough for everybody. The same is true, by the way, in business. You don't see your, thri- your, your competition thriving while you're struggling. You say, Baruch, you have enough for everybody. My competition can succeed. I can succeed. You don't look at what others have and what you lack. You say what they have, what I have. Each of us have what we're meant to have. God sends us each what we're meant to have. You know, we're counting the Omer. I mentioned the Pasha Shir last week. We're counting the Omer. That word Omer is a measure. We use the word Omer in the context of a korban, a sacrifice offered on Pesach. We use the word Omer in the form of the count. We use the word Omer to describe the time period that we're in. We use the word Omer as a measure of volume to describe the amount of flour. Why are we using that word Omer in all these contexts? The Be'er Yosef, Rav Yosef Salan says, because the first time we find the word Omer is in the context of the man that falls. Hashem has the man fall, and how much man fell? An Omer. You know what the period of counting the Omer is? To realize... You know, when you try to scoop up more mun than you were meant to have, it was still only an omer. You couldn't have more, you didn't get less, everyone got exactly the measure that was meant for them. And this period of counting the omer is a period of looking at our lives and counting that whatever I have is the measure that was meant for me. And if I'm only meant to have this much, I can work twice as hard, but I won't get more. And you know, if I have competition that's ruthlessly competing with me, they can't take away 
because I can't have less than I meant to have either. What Hakadosh Baruch Hu? This is exactly like the like the man. That which others are competing, are trying to take away from me, or even trying to give me more. All that I can get is what I meant to have, no more and no less. So either I can scramble in life and live a life of tension and conflict and battle and battle and want and crave and pursue, or I can say, let me work a reasonable amount, let me have ambition and drive and aspiration and work as hard as I can within that reasonable amount. And when I'm done working as hard as I can with my entrepreneurship, with my innovation, with my strategic thinking, when I'm done, I'm going to let go and let God. Because nobody could make me have less than I'm meant to have. And no matter what I do, I won't have more than I'm meant to have. I will always have exactly as I'm meant to have. And ooh, what a way to live life. I can go to sleep with peace tonight. I can live my life with comfort. I can breathe easy. Because I don't have to worry I left money on the table if only I would have worked hard. I don't have to worry that someone took from me because if only I would have competed more. No, whatever I have, I'm meant to have. Says Rav Schwartz, if I have real bitachon, you want to test if you have real bitachon? Not only will you never, ever worry about how much you have, you'll actually run to help those who look like they're taken away from you. We talked about this when we learned the Chazanish Zamun and Bitachon. Well, he writes there, the Chazanish, that let's say a competitor opens across the street from you. You have a fish store, and someone opens another kosher fish store across the street. So your first instinct is to tell your, your, your um, distributor, if you distribute to my competition, I'm no longer ordering from you. You're going to tell your marketer, if you market for them, if you put their ad in the same newspaper, I'm no longer taking an ad there. That's your first instinct. I got to ruthlessly compete. I got to fight. They're going to take away my business. Says the Chazanish, you have no bitachon. You could shuckle as long as you want in shul. Shmon Esri could be as long as you want it to be, but you have no bitachon. Why? Because if you really had bitachon, you'd walk across the street and say to the competition, welcome to the neighborhood. Do you need any contacts? Do you need any, any numbers? Can I help you in any way? Because you know, Kodesh Baruch Hu has enough for both you and for me. And each of us is going to get what we're meant to have. And you can't take away from what I have. I won't take away from you have. Let me help you. I, I wrote this up in a story last year because in Brooklyn there was a story of someone's fish store that burned down and a competitor around the corner invited that proprietor to operate his fish store from within his fish store. And so you had two competing fish stores operating in the same space because the host was kind enough to realize, I don't want you to be hurt in the meantime while you're rebuilding your store. There's enough for both of us. Hashem provides for both. I read that story, and they were awarded um, um, some uh, award by assemblyman in New York for, for that uh, wonderful display of uh, kindness. And I said that was exactly the Chazanish's point. If you really have bitachon, you know that Hashem provides for each of us what we need, and nobody can take away, then you're never going to ruthlessly compete. You're going to offer to help. So if you live with bitachon, you live with menuchas hanefesh. Peace, serenity, tranquility. Nothing can throw you off your game. Nothing can make you overreact. Nothing can take away your peace of mind. Nothing can destroy your health and your wellness and your relationships because it's all from Hashem. So put on those pair of glasses. Get that LASIK surgery. Don't only see Hashem sometimes See him everywhere all the time. Don't second guess what you're eating and how much you could eat. Realize he's the one delivering it. It's exactly what you're meant to have. Therefore, lean in and enjoy. It's not just a choice. It is a lifestyle. It's an absolute lifestyle that we live. And when we live it, 
will see and feel Hashem everywhere. And you know, it's not just a religious result. It's not just that at the end you get to be honored at the shul dinner, get mafter yona, not that you just get on the list of righteous people. The results are tangible and meaningful and measurable, and they are, are um, livable in our lives. You'll find yourself not getting angry, not getting envious. You'll find yourself calm. You'll see your blood pressure is better, your respiratory system, you're breathing deeper. You will see the results of this effort. The hard part is catching yourself because the external sense of self wants to react and overreact. But the internal sense of self says, calm, cool, collect, it's all from above and it's all gonna be great. So, please God, I'll see you tonight. I'm behind the bima after my, hopefully I don't have another story to tell about the root canal. It's all gonna go well. And if it doesn't, that's also from above. So therefore, there's nothing to worry. It's all the way it's meant to be. Wishing everyone a happy, holy, and healthy day. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Even if you're not, go on YouTube, slash Rabbi Ephraim Goldberg, and subscribe to our channel. It will help. Trying to get the YouTube out there. Have a fantastic, fantastic day.